Welcome back to Aliyah Yoni. Today we're going to be learning Shmois Shvi, the seventh Aliyah in Parshas Shmois. Our Aliyah is 24 Psukim, running from Perik Hey Aleph to Vav Aleph, and the topic is the punishment for thinking. So Moshe Rabbeinu, then after convincing the elders and, and the Hebrews there who believe in him, believe in the mission, they come to Pharaoh and they say, so says the, uh, the God of Israel, Shalach Esami, send forth my nation, that they celebrate for me in the desert. Pharaoh's answer is, Who is this God you're talking about to send him out? I don't know who he is, and I'm not sending them. So I said to him, the God of the Hebrews calls, uh, called upon us, and they asked to go to the desert for this, for this, uh, um, the, this celebration. And uh, we need, the, there's a concern that there might be violence, there might be a plague if this is, does not happen. So the king of Israel says, you, why are you disturbing these people with these ideas? You just go back to your work, just... Pick up your you pick up your bundles and start making bricks again. So Pharaoh therefore issues a new edict, and he says um, he says to to his nogsim, to his um, uh, his foreman uh, um, on the job sites, he says you you tell the 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 the, the police in the following: they're no longer going to receive the supplies. They're not going to get the the tevan, the straw necessary to make the bricks, but they have to carry on make, gathering the the, the 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 straw, and that we will not. Do, um, detract from the quota, they're going to have to carry on with the quota of what they did up till now. And the reason why this is is because they're near Pim. They're just like, you know, they, 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 they're, they're, way, they're, they're calling out because they want to go for these celebrations. That obviously means they've got too much time on their, t- on their hands, so let's make it a little more difficult. They're no longer going to have that time as well. And that's what en- ends up happening. In, but the Vayuku Shotre Bnei Israel, the policemen of the, of, the, of the children of Israel were hit. And those are the ones that were placed overseeing them. And they, uh, and they come to Pharaoh and they say, well, what's going on? What's all this happening? So you, you're asking for the same amount, but you're not giving the supplies. What's happening? So he says, oh, well, you know, it's because the Moses, he, uh, he, he said that you, you, uh, you're, uh, you want to go sacrifice. That's not, that's not all right. So it says that they come and meet Moses and Aaron, Moshe and Aaron, and they, as they leave Pharaoh and they, and they say, to, they, they say, Yerah, Hashem should judge you. You you you've now dried up our spirits. We we have we we are now being killed. You gave us the Pharaoh a sword to kill us. And Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe turns to Hashem and he says, Hashem, why did you do so bad to the people? Why did you even see, see send me? Because now since you sent me, hasn't improved things. It's made things worse. And Hashem ends with the following words: the end of the parasha. You should know Moshe Atatira. Now you'll see. I share as said the Pharaoh. Right now, you'll see what I'm going to do, Pharaoh, because I'm going to send him out with send out the nation of Israel. A lot of questions to ask. First question is: Is does Pharaoh really not know who Hashem is? He says, "Me Hashem Asher So, Orachem Hakadosh says, "Yeah, he is not questioning the existence of God. He rather the absolute power of God." So he says, "Look, there's lots of gods, and there's the rain god, and there's this river god, and there's the you know the there's all kinds of different gods." But he's, you know, so he's part of the pantheon. You know, let him join, uh, let him join the troops. And you may have a nice, powerful God, and I've got many other gods. But why should I listen to your your God over others? In fact, this is going to do, this is going to be one of the difficulties of all the makos. The whole program is not therefore to to prove power, because any power can be attributed to having a very powerful God. But that doesn't dis- display that there's a we'll call it a a, a overseeing. God, who's in charge of all other powers in the world, that requires a demonstration of total control and precision. Um, that's what the Marcos are going to have to be just demonstrating, not just power, because any God has power, at least in the mind of Pharaoh. Rabbi Machai actually quotes a medrash in a Chazal, which, which says that Pharaoh, when he was confronted with this, this, this request, he opens up his Diftarosh locus. He has like, you know, he has a binder there. He's got Ilya Luxor, and he says, you know, he has the gods of Midian, and he has the gods of Moab, and he has the gods of Ammon. 
I just don't see this God. Like, can you just spell his name carefully for me, please? And they don't, they, he doesn't know where he gets this from. Um, so, the, so the Moshe and Aaron are saying to him, well, listen, you, you got the wrong idea. This God, Yud Kei Vav Hashem is above all other gods as well. The example Rabbi Mechai gives is a very beautiful example. He says, imagine you had a, a priest who has a slave, a servant, for, and uh, the priest goes out of the country, leaves, and the, and, the, and the servant hasn't found him for a long time. So he goes looking for him, so he crosses the border, he goes out there, and he comes to cemeteries, and the cemeteries looking all around, and um, one of the foremen comes over to him and says, who, who are you looking for? He says, I'm looking for my, uh, my master, my master the priest. They say to him, oh, don't you know, priests never go to cemeteries. There's no, there's no priests over here. Um, and what the the idea of that is 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 is, is quite simple. The way that Rabbi Nachman explains the nimshal is is that Moshe and Aaron are coming to the cemetery essentially, and they're um, and they're saying and they're, and and they say, well, look, there's this, there's this God, and Pharaoh says, I don't see the God, and the answer is yeah, because he's in the cemetery. He's in this place of so much sorcery, so much materialism, so a place which is so absent of real monotheistic ideas and religion. That's why you can't see him. But that's not that's not a function of. The fact that he doesn't exist, that's a function of how dark a place this is. That's what the conversation is as it goes on over here. Now, what's Pharaoh's plan over here? Why is, what is, what is Pharaoh's game at taking away, taking away the straw? So the MS Liak or Yaakov Kamenetsky at the beginning of Pasha's Va'era makes a very beautiful comment. And that is, he says that, oh, beforehand, because they had a little more extra time, they would have a day off. And that day off... They would you spend reading scrolls, which would give them hope. That's a chazal that, that he's quoting. So Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky says, well, what scrolls were they reading exactly? Like, what, what print media did they have in those days on the papyrus? So he says, if you, uh, he, he says, well, they did have actually some Hebrew teachings, some ideas that were extant already there. For instance, some of the, t- the Mizmore Tehillim were already around. We know some of the authors were Avram Avinu. Some of them was Adam Rishon. As an example, Mizmor Sherli Yamashabos, the psalm said on the day of, of Sabbath is, Give, uh, attributed to Adam Rishon, the book of Eov is extant. If you look at all of those Mizmorim, at those those early Mizmorim, which they could have had extant at that point in time, they're all on the topic of theodicy, which is justice, evil, and monotheism in a world which has complexity and evil. Why is that relevant? Because beforehand, when they had the space, when they had the time to read, when they had the time to think about ideas, it was at that time they could contemplate the theodicy of the situation and survive. The way that Nietzsche puts it is, Friedrich Nietzsche says, if a person has any a why, they can survive almost anyhow. What Pharaoh was trying to do was take away the why. He was trying to take away the ideas. When you don't have ideas and you can't survive, then at a certain point, your back just breaks. That was what Pharaoh was trying to do. By taking away the time, they had to reflect and to think. Now, what was the timeline precisely over here? So, Maral actually points out an interesting thing based on the Mishmois Rabbah, the Maral to be found in Gura Sashem, his commentary on Pesach in Perek Lamed, where he says that, the, that Moshe Rabbeinu first came and made the presentation to Pharaoh, and after which Moshe Rabbeinu had to return to Midian to bring back his wife at Aaron's suggestion, bring his, back his wife and children, and come back. And it was at the end of this period of time, it was actually a six-month period of time, Moshe and Aaron have now come back together. They're now reassessing the situation, at which point... We now have these, this delegation walking out of the, the these these Hebrew um, Hebrews walking out of the the halls of Pharaoh, and that's when they encounter them in this sort of speak this this episode where they all meet each other, and that this is the point when the when it all comes to bear. And who are these Jewish policemen precisely? So Rashi says that these were the 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 taskmasters, the Egyptian taskmasters, but they they had underneath them Jewish taskmasters, and the Jewish taskmasters had the unenviable task of arranging and getting the quotas of bricks produced and all the tasks done. 
and they were the ones who took the beating, meaning to say that when Israel was not able to produce this physically impossible um, criteria um, to produce uh, to produce the same amount as before, they took the beating, and it was because of this, Rashi says, quoting the Midrash and Shmois Rabbah, that they became the later on the Sanhedrin, Eswali Ish Shivim Ish Mizikne Yisrael, in Parshas Baalosra, these were the people who, because of their sacrifice for their brethren, were the ones who were going to be the leaders. And perhaps one of the prerequisites of leadership of the nation of Israel is caring for the nation of Israel. Now, just another couple of questions. Number one is, who was Moshe and Aaron? Who did they meet? Who are these people in Nitzavim? So if you look at the pronouns, it may suggest that it seemed to suggest that it was the policemen who were the ones who met them. But Rashi and many of them before point out that the policemen, the Jewish policemen, were actually really good people. So they weren't the ones challenging Moshe Rabbeinu. Rather, it was others. And Chazal attributed to Dasan and Aviron once again. They seem to pop up whenever there is a question of disbelief of leadership. And they are the ones who are questioning Moshe Rabbeinu. Finally, one last question is, how did Moshe falter? How could Moshe Ben, who's been convinced by Kodesh Baruch Hu that he's going to save the nation of Israel, how could it be that he's going to falter and say this whole, the, 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 and question Hakadosh Baruch Hu's plan over here? Suggest the Me'ashilach, the Ishbitz Rebbe, because it comes down to Moshe Ben is one of Moshe Ben's hallmark attributes, and that was he was an Oyev Yisrael, he was a lover of of the nation of Israel, and it to him was too painful to witness their suffering, even at the even if it was going to be for the Makos, even if it was going to be for the plan which was unfolding. Even if it was going to be, a, be a, a longer and continuous plan which is unfolding, it was too much of a cost for Moshe Rabbeinu. The Maral concludes by saying that perhaps that's how Hashem does Geula. Geula is pokod pokality. Those are secret words. I'm going to surely um, redeem you. The double Lashon, the double expression, is because it comes in different stages. And what Moshe Rabbeinu is learning, what the nation of Israel needs to learn, is that Geula doesn't work out neatly. It doesn't work out in a linear fashion. It comes in stages. And that's the way how the speech is going to continue in Parashas Va'era. With this, we conclude the last Aliyah and Shmois and the Parashah itself. Have a wonderful and meaningful day and a fabulous Shabbat.